0: While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Vicki Nethling, and welcome to the Find Your Leadership podcast. And I am coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of our podcast is to share topics and guests that will empower you to grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to that next level. Today, I am so excited to have a fellow Georgian on the call with me, Catherine Smith. Catherine spelled with a K, unlike my sister who spells it with a C. Catherine is a principal consultant at Walton Birch, an Atlanta-based consulting firm and co-founder of the Black Lady Business School, a networking and professional organization for women. She is an e-commerce expert, a Shopify super fan and partner. And she helps small businesses and entrepreneurs to launch and grow e-commerce stores. The theme of today, is not e-commerce stores, but something I know is probably very close to her heart and mine, women and minority entrepreneurs. Please join me in welcoming Catherine Smith.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's so great. I mean, I just love to read your bio. I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if she needs anybody to help with the business school (laughs) and the speaking and training and things like that. That's awesome. It's so wonderful for people to really take their skills and share them to help others really grow as individuals, as business owners and things. I always start out with a very easy question. I kind of gave a little bit of a way, but what part of the country or state do you call home
2: now? Sure, um, so as you stated, I am here in Georgia. Um, also uh, in the Metro Atlanta area. Um, I tell people I'm from Atlanta, but I technically live in Marietta, which is near the Brave Stadium. I just tell people that that's what- And
1: the big chicken. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, actually, I'm closer to the Brave Stadium than the Big Chicken. Well, Marietta oh. is, is huge, and so right. I live um, a lot closer. Like, I call it Smyrna because I'm actually closer to Smyrna than I am yeah. to the Big Chicken where I live, yeah.
1: And for those of you that don't know, Smyrna is like the up-and-coming. It is really a great area to live.
2: Yes, it's a very congested area to live at the moment, yeah. but yeah, it's it's a nice place, so.
1: Well, Thank God the Braves are doing well.
2: (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. So let's
1: kind of get into this. Why do you recommend Shopify to e-commerce entrepreneurs over free or non-subscriptive subscription options?
2: That's a great question, and I should probably qualify that by saying, um, you know, I I work with a lot of solopreneurs and micro-businesses that are uh, kind of established businesses or Mm -hmm. that are businesses that want to make like an income-level amount of revenue, so um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend Shopify for someone that's doing e-commerce as a side hobby or got like a little side hustle or something Mm -hmm. like that. But for anyone who's really serious about uh, generating revenue in an online store, I think Shopify is one of, hands down, one of the best tools out there. And that's because uh, a lot of the functionality you need to grow and market your store is native or built into the um, Shopify platform. So um, I personally, uh, I like WordPress as a platform because it's free, uh, essentially free, like you pay for hosting, but you don't really pay platform fees. But A lot of the functionality that you need in order to, you know, capture information on your site, like forms or email Mm. marketing or pop ups or things like that have to be put on the website with a plugin or, you know, like a theme or something like Mm. that. And that becomes a lot to kind of keep up with. So I think for for busy store owners, busy e-commerce website owners. I think Shopify is a great platform um, where you don't, you're not having to log into different sites to manage the various aspects of your mm. site and, and your products and marketing and things like that. Um, and for the price, this, you know, the, what you get with that subscription is just, it's amazing. So I, I don't know if That's you can fun. tell I'm a huge Shopify fan.
1: <laughs> that is great. And the the price is probably pays for itself from the time savings that you have.
2: Definitely. And like I said, um, most of the people that I work with on Shopify or recommend Shopify to Mm -hmm. are people who are looking to make an income level amount of revenue. So this is not, hey, I make a sale once a month. This is, I plan to do some serious volume in my store. Right.
1: (laughs) Excellent. So will, you you mentioned WordPress, will Shopify make those platforms, WordPress, WooCommerce obsolete, or will they be symbiotic, if you will?
2: I think that's a really good question. Um, And I don't think that any platform that is free or open source will ever be completely obsolete. Um, I think there is an audience out there for that, uh, mainly people like me who are fairly technical, who have a, a... a good amount of time to devote to kind of the upkeep and maintenance of open source options Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. But I think also for people that are just like, listen, (laughs) I need to start a website. I have a zero budget. I really want to get online. I think WooCommerce, um, which is a plugin of WordPress, is a really great option uh, for starting out. So if you're just like, listen, I know everybody needs a website. I don't really have the budget to do something like Shopify. I think an open source platform like uh, WordPress slash WooCommerce is a great option uh, for that. So I don't think that it will do away with it. What I hope is that open source platforms start to have some of the same functionality as some of the paid platforms so they enable some of the same things as technology yeah. comes out like as ai is incorporated into e-commerce stores and you know as um uh, like making apps from websites becomes more accessible i really hope that the open source developers have add that same functionality for platforms like wordpress
1: well i guess two things first of all WordPress today is not the WordPress when I started <laughs> long time ago. Yeah. Long it is not the same. No, it's almost so, unrecognizable. <laughs> so you have to keep that in mind that mm-hmm. you know there is hope. Mm-hmm. But also I think what you the point you made is really good. And I was on an earlier um Webinar, and they they had a very established speaker who's been around for a while. And Mm -hmm. she mentioned and and reminded everyone that she has updated her website five times Mm -hmm. since 2009. So, you know, it's not a one and done thing. You really want to keep your audience engaged by refreshing your website. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great idea to just think of this as a stepping stone to bigger and better things. So you might start in WordPress, but go to Shopify,
2: right? Exactly, exactly.
1: So um, before we move on, is there any horror stories that you have had with um, Shopify or has it all been love and wonders? (laughs)
2: That's so funny. I thought you were going to ask me about horror stories for WordPress, <laughs> and I actually have a few, but um, with Shopify, it really hasn't been, um, it is not remotely as complicated as other platforms. So there haven't been just like horror stories. Um, I think the worst, the the worst stories I've heard from clients or experienced with clients is that someone, you know, may have paid so, uh, a designer or an agency like thousands of dollars Mm-hmm. To develop a site or to develop a Shopify store, and the store never launches. Ah. Um, or, um, uh, you know, they install like out of date themes on Shopify, which I didn't even know was possible until I actually saw it happen. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and, and, When someone else builds a website for you, like you're not necessarily, you know, if they add something custom into it, you don't necessarily know like, hey, this is something that I need to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Um, So on like, for instance, on Shopify, when you have a paid theme, the theme, if you buy it from the Shopify store, it is automatically updated through the theme store. You don't even have to click a button to update it it's automatically updated or if they do a major release it'll just say hey your themes have been updated click this button you know and, and everything will be updated um but occasionally like uh, other designers will upload their their own kind of manual versions of themes and they end up being static themes and so the customer's like hey i'm not getting this new functionality that they told me i would have the, with this theme what's up with that and i'm like well The connection between the theme and the store has been broken. And there's Mm -hmm. no way if you're not a developer or somebody that spends a lot of time in Shopify that you would know that. So, um, but that's also not a best practice for Shopify. And it's also not something the average person would do (laughs) in a Shopify store. So, Um, I say those are two big things like not getting what you paid for when you pay thousands of dollars to have a site developed, or having somebody upload like something third party and extra that really didn't need to be uploaded but uh, changes the functionality of your site.
1: So uh, you might want to just explain what a theme is.
2: Oh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) right. Okay. Um, So in Shopify, the theme controls the look and feel of the site and to a certain extent, uh, the functionality. So um, there are certain themes that are better for small catalogs. Like if your store only has one product, but it has a couple of different variations of that Mm -hmm. product, you obviously don't need a huge expansive catalog um, or a huge expansive menu, um, but larger stores that have lots of products. um, For instance, I have a client that... um, has uh that sells uh, parts for machines and so they're just tons and tons of parts and they're machine specific mm-hmm. so a, fu- a feature or function of her theme is a drop down menu that allows you to filter by machine which is super helpful for her mm-hmm. but it is not helpful for someone who only has one product yeah so sure. the, yeah the theme controls the look and the feel um, and to a certain extent the uh, functionality like filters and menus and uh, mm-hmm. stuff on the site and so shopify has basic free themes Themes, like nine of them, like so. There's lots of free themes to choose from, um, but there are also some paid themes that have really fancy stuff in them as well. Um, so yeah, like definitely get your themes from the Shopify store. That's the story there. Perfect. That's the lesson. Excellent.
1: <laughs> so I talked about in your intro that you um, are associated with the Black Lady Business School. Please describe Black Lady Business School as a professional organization and why. Is it a business school?
2: Sure. Um, So Black Lady Business School was designed to lower barriers to success um, for full-time women entrepreneurs. Um, And we call it the Black Lady Business School because the two of us founders are Black ladies. (laughs) But also we noticed that a lot of women and specifically minority women were experiencing some of the same challenges when it came to being successful in business. And so we wanted to address those specific challenges. um, One of them being... Access to capital or access to funding, one of them being um, community support um, and access to a network of kind of similar people mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so it's called a business school because it was designed to provide the business school access and the experience without the cost. So there is an educational component, and we're building out like our online self service courses right now. Um, but uh, a majority of what we do is networking, is connecting people mm-hmm. um, with other business owners for partnerships, for collaborations with experts like yourself for things like public speaking, or um, attorneys to form your LLC, or intellectual property attorneys, or I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, notaries, lots of notaries. Mm-hmm. Um, um, arbitration, people for arbitration, um, which is that it's very exciting. Um, and so, part of a big part of it is the networking. Um, and the exposure and access to the community, but there is education as well. So it's designed to be the entire business school experience, not just the educational part. So that's why it's a, a, a networking or membership organization.
1: It is so important for entrepreneurs to know that they have a network out there. I, I think that's the the one message that I always try to push home is you should never be out there even solopreneur should have a network you you know just to have somebody to share ideas with and you know solve problem solve don't try to do it don't reinvent the wheel you know borrow still or whatever from as many people as you can so that's a great idea to have the black lady business school So why do all businesses, and we kind of touched on this, need a website even when they're just starting?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I, I'm I'm definitely biased. I'm a person who builds websites. And so I'm definitely biased. Um, but I've noticed for people that don't have websites, um, one of the things that they, they can't really control their online presence. Um, and so even if you don't have a website, things about you will show up online. And I don't think people understand that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like if you search for yourself in a search engine, <clears throat> excuse me, If you Google yourself or search for yourself online or or your business online, you will find things and you'll just be like, oh, I did not know that that was a thing. And sometimes, you know, you'll know, you notice the, the options are kind of spammy sometimes, or they may be things that are not particularly relevant or things that you didn't necessarily intend to be connected. And so I think a large part of having a website is really controlling your online presence. Um, and from a marketing and branding perspective, that makes a lot of sense Huge. because you definitely want to control the story. You want to tell people about your business and about your products in the right way um, Mm -hmm. and give them the right messages and give them opportunities to learn about your product or your service or your business as well. Um, But at the very minimum, uh, a website is a place for you to put information out there about yourself um, and kind of control what, what comes up when people search for you. So um, when I I tell people that are just like, well, I don't really need a website or I don't sell a product. I don't need a, you know, an e-commerce website. I think a static page or a landing page or a blog or something like that is definitely important so that you can control what that messaging is about you and your brand and your business. I
1: recently had done two podcasts and, and one person had no website, but it was coming, you know, so it's <laughs> luckily I have so many podcasts that, you know, I'm months out for putting that person out there, <laughs> but I sent them a message. It says, you have two months, <laughs> 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 two months to get, so maybe I'll send them your name, oh, yeah. um, two months to get a website. And the second one used LinkedIn and It's interesting, but I think of a website as a store. So you walked into my store Mm -hmm. and you want to be able to quickly find what you're looking for Mm -hmm. and be able to visually find it. And if I'm on LinkedIn, I don't get that piece. And if I have nothing, I'm just trolling. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm going into the the uh, I, I guess there's not enough of them, but there was a large department store that starts with an S that you would go in and you would wander aimlessly because there was never anyone to help you. Yeah, and that's, that's, so the, way, about. <laughs> that's the way some websites are, you know? And so uh, um, it's wonderful that you are able to help people at least get the start of that branding piece out there.
2: Absolutely. And I don't, I, I am not like a, a full service firm or agency. Like, um, uh, I will work with other partners to do things like branding and that deep dive SEO and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I specialize in setting up websites like online presence and the strategy to launch them and to start bringing people organically to the website. That is my specialty. Um, also, I specialize in fixing broken websites uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because a lot of people. Like when their website is broken and they're not sure why it's broken, um, sometimes they just need someone to explain why it's broken and what will get it back to the point of functionality and or get it back to a point of basic functionality. So those are my two specialties.
1: So that brings me up to have another question outside of what I've already asked you before. Okay. Um, so I have a broken website. Okay. Hypothetically. Okay. And I say, huh. What should I do? Is it broken? Do I really think it's broken? Can I go to Catherine and can she look at my website and give me a 30 minute consultation on crap or not.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So consultations or discovery calls are free with me um, and I can, we'll do a free site audit for a broken website. So if you're not sure why your site is broken um, or if you're not sure whether it's broken, I'm happy to take a look at it um, and just say like, Hey, like this is what's going on here. This is, this is where the problem lies. And this is what it will take to get you back online. Because a lot of the times it's, it's not, very complicated. It may just be a matter of kind of coordinating things that already exist out there. And I don't really want that to be um, a barrier or a hurdle for someone to having a website. It's just not understanding why it's broken.
1: So our theme is the um, women and minority entrepreneurs. And I think really when we talk about brand, it is especially important. I, I think all of the things that we talked about the network, the ability to understand the value of collaboration amongst like businesses. We women need to stand together. Absolutely. But so, in your school, what are some areas that really help to have the confidence grow in that group of women and um, minority entrepreneurs?
2: Oh, I love that. Um, And so there are so many people out here that have so much good information and advice. Um, But when it comes to executing on that information and advice, like there's a lot of challenges. So um, I've heard people say, you know, in marketing, which is kind of my realm specifically, they'll say, listen, you can't be emailing from Gmail. That looks so unprofessional. Nobody's going to take you seriously. And then people are like, okay, cool. I need to not have Gmail. How do you do that? (laughs) So literally taking all of that advice. So we offer the advice, but we also offer the execution. So like I said, um, we have a, a plethora of attorneys. So people that can help you set up an LLC, people that can help you set up a partnership, People that can help you negotiate an agreement with a partner, or with a vendor, um, notaries. Um, myself, I can help people set up custom emails to, to answer that, uh, you know, to answer that question. But yeah, so it provides access to the resources. So the information that you need to say, how can my, you know, how can I show up more legit in business? How can I show up professionally? How can I have a, po- a polished uh, online and physical presence? To okay, well, cool. Now I know how to do it. How do I actually do it? Who can mm-hmm. I talk to to actually do it? And so that goes to your your part about the networking, um, but like it's the the support with the tactical execution of some of that advice that's that's going out there.
1: Awesome. So, what are some things that the entrepreneurs can do to make building that website easier, cheaper? Let's not say cheaper, let's say affordable. Okay. And more accessible to this huge world that we have now that has suddenly opened to us by the last two years of COVID.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really important question to ask. Um, A lot of times when I talk to people who don't have a website, but it's not for lack of trying, they've gotten stuck somewhere in the process. And I honestly think it's because I've made it too complicated sometimes. You know, they understand, they say, oh, cool, I'm going to go into business. I need a logo. I need some brand colors. I need positioning. I need to have this and this and this. And there's a whole list of things, um, you know, that they think that they need to have in the overachievers out there. Like, I've seen them. I don't know, like, I don't know if this is just, like, women as a whole or if it's Black women or if it's just, like, women are really guilty of this sometimes. Like they do the homework. They are definitely doing the homework. Like they are ready for the test before everything ever gets started. And they're like, okay, cool. So I need to get custom domain. I need to have a website. I need to do my branding. I need to do my logo. And then when it, like all of that, they feel like needs to happen before the website can launch. And it's that's not actually true. I think that you can definitely build a very basic website or a landing page or even a form um, before you have like a branding package because branding packages take time. Um, And then also a mistake that I personally made in my first year of business. I'm so, (laughs) looking back on this, it just, oh. Um, I spent all this time and energy and effort on, uh, logos and business cards and brand colors, and then, uh, halfway through the first year. So part of it was the pandemic and part of it was just like my business pivoted, uh, the logo changed. And so I had already bought all these business cards, <laughs> like, like, never again, ever, never again. So I'm still using those business cards because why Dang. throw away the business cards? The email address is still the same, but the look and feel of the brand is just it's extremely different um, because the business is different. So for well, people I, starting out, yeah. Keep it I, simple. That's you would have gone through
1: those business cards <laughs> if we had in-person meetings. But, you know, that's the <laughs> exactly. thing, that's for me too. Like I started my business in uh, 2020. And so it was like, well, I got business cards, I don't know.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, or maybe I wouldn't have bought like 500 of them.
1: Oh, exactly. I did not I did not do that. I paid the extra money for a lower.
2: <laughs> yeah, d- definitely, definitely. So yeah, I started a business actually a year ago or three years ago tomorrow, August 2nd, was my incorporation date. Um, yeah, so the pandemic hit about six months into me being in business, but I bought the business cards by then. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's one of the things I definitely tell people is keep it simple and start where you are. So if you need to have a text logo, like that is fine. Start somewhere. Um, And I think a lot of, especially the branding and positioning for your brand, especially if you're like a solopreneur and you're one person and, you know, you're new to business, I think trying it out, like saying the name is important. Um, And I'll give you just another example from Black Lady Business School. So the business is called Black Lady Business School, but I noticed that the domain is exceptionally long and there are three S's in a row between business and school. And so I was like, this is complicated and this is long. So before we even really got started, we also bought blackladybiz.com, which is super helpful. So all of our emails are now at blackladybiz.com because it's so much easier than going to blackladybusinessschool.com. But those are not things that you immediately know. It's only after about the seventh time that you've said it. And you're just like, I don't want to say this anymore. too long i don't have to type this anymore that you realize that maybe we should have gone with something different so you know if you've invested thousands of dollars to get to that point and you're just like this is not great uh then that isn't a great experience so i say keep it simple start you know with what you have try it out before you commit you know thousands of dollars for anything um and then just do the basics you know if if your business relies on um you know, people filling out a form or people doing a discovery call, then then cover that part before you go off on the website that has the videos and the full online presence and whatnot. So start start simple, start where you are, like just start somewhere is, is right. my advice, I guess. Good idea.
1: So the last formal question before okay. we get into the rapid fire okay. is what advice would you give your 20-year-old self, you know, just last month? <laughs>
2: Thank you. Uh, So my 20-year-old self was about to graduate from college, and I thought that... Um, I was doomed for the rest of my life to work in my major, which was kind of women's studies, which is women's studies, but I hadn't kind of stumbled into it. I started out as a music major, graduated as a women's. Oh my major God. Major. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I know. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I don't want to be a social worker. I don't want to be a judge. I don't want to go back to graduate school. What am I going to do with this degree? Um, and And so I would tell my 20 year old self that like, nothing determines the entire rest of your life. Um, uh, So much of your career, whether you're, you know, kind of in corporate America or or working kind of in that kind of path, or even in entrepreneurship, everything builds upon itself, you know? So yes, you can start with a women's studies degree, but if you say, you know what, I'd love to go into business, like there's a path into that. Mm -hmm. You just have to kind of look for opportunities that get you closer to where you want to be. And so I would tell my 20 year old self, like, no, this is not the rest of your life. Like you are not in the pigeonholed into women's studies. This is just your first step in a step of in a, a, you know, a series of many steps.
1: Very true. But you have that MBA behind your name, so I'm thinking you
2: did get it. <laughs> I did. Like, I just, said, what, happened was, it. <laughs> what had happened was, and, and my the random path that I had after I graduated um, really helped me with that. So immediately after I graduated, I got a job as a customer service representative, and then in that same company was promoted to a marketing assistant. So that's how I got into marketing was immediately after I graduated. Um, And then I moved over into corporate America as a web designer back in 2009, when WordPress was like the hottest thing. (laughs) um, So I was a web designer, but, um, you know, in this big corporate company where we're watching all the town halls and they're like EBITDA and, you know, net margin and gross margin. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. (laughs) And also like nobody ever takes me seriously as a web designer. I don't feel like I can move up within this company as a web designer. so... I went back to school to get a degree um, that was in business, that was more closely aligned to what I wanted to do, i.e. move up in corporate America. Um, And that would allow me to speak the language of EBITDA, net margin and gross margins and profits Mm -hmm. and revenue and things like that. So that's how I ended up with the MBA. Um, But my MBA is actually in business analytics. And so immediately after I graduated, I wanted to get into what I call a data adjacent job. And so after I graduated with my MBA, I moved into kind of data um, analytics, business intelligence. (laughs) And then um, I I, my departure from corporate America was unintended. I thought it was going to be a break. It ended up being a longer break because of covid. Um, But I just knew when I left, when I said, I'm like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to do marketing research and insights, you know, marketing insights. And of course the universe had different plans. And (laughs) here I am back in web design, but I love it here. Um, And what I do, it became extremely important during the pandemic because, you know, here in Georgia, when all the when everything was shut down for a while and nobody knew how to be safe going out there were a lot of brick and mortar businesses especially here in Marietta mm-hmm. in the Smyrna area that are only brick and mortar businesses. So they were doing either, Hey, buy this online or sell this, you know, let me sell this through my Facebook messenger or um, buy online, pick up in store or things like that. And so even helping them to get online with the buy online, pick up curbside or pick up in store was extremely important in my first year of business. And so um, I realized that there are not a lot of people out there that specialize in this space. Um, And then I also discovered Shopify, which is great. (laughs) So (laughs) Um, here I am back in web, web design, um, but it, that goes to show that the path is never direct. It's never straight and unexpected things happen at every turn. So if you're open to that um, or if you're open to new opportunities, uh, you can just kind of go with the flow and, and build on what experience that you've had in the past to kind of create a future for yourself.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. That's one of the things that I have. At my desk, and I don't think you see, but it's it's backwards. It says, what if I started and what if I stopped? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the, just as you said, the thing that any entrepreneur, especially we women, need to just look at that and say, you know, will this kill me if I try this? <laughs> you know, and, diving, and a, lot of case, <laughs> a lot of cases. well, you know, I don't Here, I'm 64 and I'm looking at that building in Marietta that you can just do the skydiving in the building. Yep. And I'm, a, I'm afraid of heights, but I'm thinking, how unsafe could it be They're, They've been there for like 20 years now. It, oh, yeah. They must not have killed anyone. So maybe I'll do that. But
2: <laughs> I'd say, I'd say go for it. It looks yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I, I just think that it's so important that we hold ourselves back thinking the worst, thinking that, you know, all the things that could go wrong and forget about thinking all the things that could go right.
2: Absolutely. Or even just like overthinking sometimes. I think, I don't know if it's just we as women or just generally like, um, we are planners sometimes. Like we're just like, okay, I'm going to think this completely through before I do it. And with entrepreneurship, that is definitely not the move. Like if you think it all the way through, by the time you do any action, you will need to change your plan. Like that's what happens. You'll need to change your plan by the time you've thought it all the way through. So sometimes you'd really just need to get to the next step, <laughs> yeah. whatever that next step is.
1: <laughs> so I retired as a project manager for UPS and I'm actually doing a contract with them right now, but the greatest thing in the last, 10 years or whatever was agile because, you know, with waterfall project management, you have, you do this, and then you do this Mm -hmm. and then you do this and you can't do this until you do this. And with agile, it's like, go ahead and fail, learn from that and then adjust. And I think that has made for me to have, you know, in my 64th year say, I'm just going to say yes and, you know, see how it goes. And my life is so much fuller because of that. And I think that's the message that I'm trying to get to all of y'all is give it a go.
2: That's really cool. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Rapid fire. Ideal client would look like
2: what? Um, a brick and mortar boutique that doesn't have an online store. Um, but I love working with really solopreneurs and micro businesses. So anything less than 50 employees for sure. But I specialize in that one to 10 employees space.
1: Perfect. And I know that there's going to be a great answer for this, just talking with you. What keeps you motivated?
2: Oh, man, um, helping people that don't feel like they have options. Um, mm-hmm. I When I started in business, I didn't feel like I had options, despite the fact that, you know, I'd left this co- big corporate job and, you know, um, I had an MBA and like I, I was, I felt qualified to be in business, but it just, it was, it was a struggle for me. Entrepreneurship was a huge struggle for me. And at no point during that first year did I really feel like I had options or help. And the pandemic really just made that so much more difficult. Mm. Um, So I, I intentionally stay in the space of wanting to work with and help people who don't feel like they can afford, you know, like million dollar contracts with, um, you know, large agencies. And, uh, so, you know, that's what keeps me going. It's just knowing that I'm really helping people to, to get to profitable more quickly, to keep, stay in business, to grow their business, to make it more than just like a side project, you know, that Mm -hmm. they're working on. So I love that so much.
1: So how do you stay focused? (laughs) You got all these things pulling at you, these people.
2: Lots and lots of planning, lots of planning. Um, I have to remember what my goals are and I literally have to write my goals down and put them in my calendar. So I (laughs) I, like reflect, I'm just like, okay, what am I doing this month? And sometimes the goals feel really large and so I have to break them down into things that I could do today or this week or this month and just continuously make tiny little bits of progress. Um, Because when you try to, I guess, boil the ocean, for lack of a better phrase, it or it doesn't, it doesn't work well and you don't make a lot of progress and you get overwhelmed and you want to quit. Um, but the only thing that has kept me from quitting when entrepreneurship has been just absolutely overwhelming is thinking about what one thing can I accomplish today that will get me closer to where I want to be.
1: Yep. I always talk about Darren Hardy, who's my online mentor. And you know, he talks about compounding your effect. And and I have also a anti-aging business and Jeff Olson also has uh, the slight edge, both deal with compounding, but it is those small wins that keep you going. It is the small wins that you should shoot for because then it makes it fun. Yep. And, and that I think is, is really what we're trying to do is enjoy what we're doing yep. and, knowing, and knowing the impact of it. Absolutely. What is your ultimate goal for your Black lady business school? And when you, when you look back 20 years from now, what do you want to be said about that school?
2: Oh, oh wow. 20 years is a long time.
1: All right, give me 10. I don't
2: care. <laughs> no, I, I am just thinking like I, it feels so big to think about 20 years. But I mean, honestly, even if six months from now, I could look back and someone say, hey, Black Lady Business School really made a difference uh, for, you know, this this business or this person or this woman, um, then I think we will have done a really good job because I think there are a lot of solutions out there. Um, that don't really help people, um, not in the ways that they really need help. Uh, and I feel like we're doing something a little bit different by, um, you know, in addition to the networking, kind of uh, providing tactical support uh, for some of the business advice that people are out there getting. And so if something that we do can help someone launch a successful business or stay in business, I think that will be a really great thing. And of course, just more broadly, something that helps um, women-owned businesses and women of color-owned businesses get more visibility in the world of entrepreneurship, in the world of venture capital investing, and even here in the community in the Atlanta community, I think that would be great. Absolutely.
1: The last one is, what do you think of when I say transformation?
2: Oh, transformation. Well, literally, I'm a very literal person sometimes. So when I think of transformation, I think of change but um, specifically the process of change. So in the same way that a butterfly goes through a process Mm. of change, there are several steps that are associated with that. So it's not just like, hey, I'm going to go to bed and then I'm going to wake up and it's going to be great. (laughs) 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 You know, transformation is the, um, we are going from this state to a different state, whether that different state is a better state or if it's just a different state. But yeah, either yeah. way, there's a process for getting there. And, the, and like to go back to the waterfall, like that process kind of has to happen in order. Um, you, you know, so like just, just know that, kind of keep your head down, stay focused on the goal and then just implement those steps to, to make that transformation happen.
1: Yeah, and if you just look at those short-term goals, it isn't as overwhelming, won't stress you out.
2: Absolutely. So if the caterpillar's like, hey, man, I got to be a butterfly in like six weeks. (laughs) You know, it's just like, wait, but butterflies are so graceful and light. Like, how am I going to go from this to that? Nobody tells them that there's a whole process and a long nap involved, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, if you know that, like, just kind of trust the process, trust the process, you know, the transformation will be great.
1: You need to be patient, persistent, and consistent,
2: yes. Yes, yeah, sure. and take a nap, lots of naps. Yeah, take a nap.
1: <laughs> All right, I am at the point where I warn the folks that are just listening to go ahead and grab pencil and paper. I'm going to share my screen, but I will read the website for Catherine so that you can take that down. And then she will talk a little bit about uh, what she has as a gift. And the website is http. S colon forward slash forward slash Walton Birch.com. That's W A L T O N B I R C H.com. And the, um, you can find her on social media at LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitter going, uh, just searching for Catherine K A T H R Y N R like Ralph Smith. And for Facebook, she's at KR Smith Consulting, much easier. KR Smith Consulting. Instagram, she's KRS. She's getting it shorter each time we go through here. KRS <laughs> Consulting. And then um, for Twitter, she's Katherine R. Smith again. So, Katherine, go ahead and talk to us about your free gift.
2: Sure. Um, So anyone who visits my website can schedule a free discovery call, Um, but I want to make sure that people who are listening to the podcast know that um, I also provide free website audits. So if you have a website that is not working or is not broken or to your point needs a refresh, I will do a free audit for that and just have a conversation and talk strategy and, and literally what can we do to take that website from where it is now to where you want it to be.
1: Yeah, and if your website's not been updated in the last five years, you probably do need a refresh, so you should talk to Catherine.
2: Definitely.
1: (laughs) All right. So, Catherine, it has been wonderful talking with you today. It was lots of laughs, lots of great tips and tools, shared good advice. And I encourage everybody to reach out to her website to be able to take advantage of having that audit of your website, or just chat with her, see how she can help you. Maybe the the Black Ladies Business School is just what you need, what you've been looking for that will make all the difference in your business, because that's what we want to do. We want your business to grow, and that is why we're here. So um, before I sign off, I just want to remind everyone that I did launch a book way back in February. I have a new new one that's going to be coming out in the fall, so keep in mind. But my book is Unstoppable and um, Being Fierce, Fearless, and Unfuckwithable in Business and in Life. And I want to sign off, as I always do, to just remind you to remember that life is a journey, and it is up to you to enjoy the ride.
0: This is Vicki Nettling, signing off.